0: Welcome back to another episode of Broken Silence Real Talk. It's your girl, Christine. Hey, if you're traveling in Toronto in this weather, please drive safe. Toronto's not playing with us. Canada's not playing with their weather. They didn't play last year, and it doesn't seem like they're playing this year. We're going to start off our Monday morning, especially with this commute, with our morning gratitude. I want you guys to take a moment and think about what you're grateful for. While I share what I'm grateful for, I want you to really think about it. I'm grateful for my children today, grateful for them every day, but I'm going to focus on them today. Grateful for the fact that I get to feel them, touch them, smell them, even when they smell good or bad, you know, because trust me, man, some kids after they eat and all they're messy and running around and sweaty, they don't smell too good, but I'm grateful for that. I think sometimes we take for granted those, those small things, like the, the ability to see, touch, feel, you know, taste. So that's what I'm grateful for my kids and being able to interact with them to the capacity that I can. I'm going to start off with a quote from, you know, <laughs> Nipsey Hustle, especially for this topic, because I'm very passionate about this topic. So please forgive me. You might hear one, two swear words. So just please forgive me. The quote is, instead of trying to build a brick wall, lay a brick every day. Eventually, eventually you'll look up and you'll have a brick wall. Quote for McTussell. Today's topic, we're gonna discuss education versus the jail system or the youth justice system, I should say. Because we all look at the youth justice system, and obviously there's a negative con- there's a negative connotation to it. But if you look at the school system, the media glorifies that. And you gotta be very careful with the media because I'm telling you, media is dangerous. I said that in my last episode, it's dangerous, man. So what's the difference between school and jail? Because in my opinion, this is the same goddamn thing. You have computers. From back then till now, they've changed. You have cell phones. From back then till now, they've changed. Technology has evolved. So why isn't the school system? When you go into a classroom, it's the same thing. Kids sitting at a desk, raising their hand. It's the same thing. Teachers teaching from a curriculum, some of them don't even know what they're teaching. They teach out of books, some even Google, Google stuff. But it's the same thing. And especially for our most marginalized youth, the Black and Indigenous, it's the same thing. The school system is, the school system is not designed to help us grow. It seems like it's designed to keep us down. And me, I'll tell you guys straight up, I'm not a politician. I don't do politics. But the government that we have now is a prime example of what forgiveness should be. Everybody voted for conservatives because they were mad at liberals. Instead of having a conversation and stuff like that and whatever you want to call it. And now look. Look what we're dealing with. Same foolishness. You know? I was trying to bring on one of my friends for this particular episode, because again, again, it's really, it's a hot topic for a lot of people, especially, um, you know, youth workers, EAs, SNAs, especially the ones who are Black or Indigenous. It's it's a really, it's a really passionate topic. And I'm going to share with you what she said to me, what she wrote for me, because again, I wanted her to be live on it, but she couldn't, she had some stuff to do. Her name's Solange, and she's actually one of our health and safety representatives, So what she said is, while the conservative government say they're here for the people, it makes me question what people they're here for. They're not for the people of color. They're not for our Black youths in the school system. If they were, they wouldn't have cut funding to so many programs that helped keep these kids in school. Now, instead of adequate supports to assist our marginalized youth, they turn to the streets, straight from the school to the justice system. The justice system in itself doesn't care. These youths are just numbers to them. Doug Ford is is trying to turn our world-class education system into the very same as those south of the border. School to prison pipeline. We need to do better for our youth, for all our youth, not just born into privilege. Our kids deserve a chance as we as adults have a right to fight for the change for our children. We need to break the school-to-prison pipeline and reinstate adequate funding and supports so our youth are Black and Indigenous can get a chance to succeed. I agree 100% with what you're saying. Um, for me, I'll give you an example, a direct example for me. I was in and out of jail my entire teenage years. Uh, and to be honest with you, School didn't help me at all. I didn't have that loving or caring, supportive adult. I'm gonna backtrack for a quick second to just tie in the supports. I think it was Facebook. Yeah, it was Facebook I read something on where a school opens every Friday to take like, you know, opens up their school doors every Friday night. And all the youth who are on the streets, they go to the school, they get food. We don't have that here. This is in the States. We need those supports. And when I was watching the video, all those kids were Black. We don't have those supports. We're still in the traditional supports when we got to move to the universal supports for these children. And for me particular, now I'm going to go back to my experience. School didn't do a goddamn thing for me. Didn't do shit. I'll give you an example. So we have people who work in the education system who have special education teachables. Just because you have special education teachables doesn't mean you should be teaching special education. You have teachers who, and will straight out tell you, I am scared of behavioral kids. These are the labels. These are the teachers who are supposed to be teaching us. I got into a fight. I think I was in grade nine. Beat up this girl outside of school. And if I seen her this day, I'd apologize because that's the old me. I left that. So I think two days later, or the day after, not too sure, I guess obviously her friends found out they wanted to jump me, cool, whatever. So the guidance counselor brought me and whoever you want to call it, leader of their crew, and put us in the same room. And one of the first things she said to us were, yo, if you guys are supposed to fight, who do you think would win? I was in shock that she'd asked that question. She wasn't trying to resolve it. She was trying to make it worse. Because obviously, I'm not going to say, oh, she's going to win. And she's definitely not going to say, I'm going to win. That's not how she operates. But you have these people who are pinning us against each other continuously. And obviously, it made the situation worse where I brought a hammer and knife to school the next day and I ended up getting expelled. But I guess, but guess what? She's probably the same guidance counselor that's going to go run and tell everyone, well, I tried talking to Christine, you know. I tried talking to her. I tried to give her that that love. No, she didn't. You set me up. It's a straight setup. These kids need love and compassion. And these are the people within the school system who we're dealing with. And that's why I became, I became a child and youth worker is because of the shit I've gone through in my life. I went through five schools. Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul, Notre Dame, Apple program, and then, which is an expulsion program, and then um, St. James and Guelph, because I was told I couldn't be in Toronto first for a period of time. This is what we're dealing with. The school system and the jail system is the same thing. And just like how people who work in elementary and who work in high school, a lot of us say that, especially in the high school. We're like, yo, elementary needs to do more work with these kids before shipping them off to high school because it's a whole different ballgame. And here's the thing. When we go to jail, you know what our correctional officers are telling us? Yo, the school should have done more. I got my help from a person who's in jail. She was my correctional officer. Her name was Cheryl. I called her Share Bear. She helped me more than any of my teachers that I ever dealt with, ever. She was there for me. She's like, Christine, you're not supposed to be in here. I see more for you. I was in a jail in Kingston. It was called Sundance. We had the tall fences around. We couldn't go nowhere. And just like how you have stages, um, you know, in kindergarten, you go from J.K., S.K. to grade one, et cetera. There was a system. You had entry, beginner, advanced distinction. and. Each level, you had more privileges. You were able to do more things. Myself and another girl that was in there, she was there for second-degree murder. Her and I made it to distinction, and we could go to like the greenhouse, shed house, whatever you want to call it, and we were able to use like the shovels and stuff like that. But it was in jail where I got that love and compassion. Where is that love and compassion for these Black youths? I tell my kids as a Black mother and them being my, you know, as Black children, especially Black boys. The system is not designed to help you. The school system especially is not designed to help Black youth or Indigenous. It's And the word inclusion, I can't stand when I hear that word. It's a lie. The word inclusion is just a, something to say, a check mark. Oh, we did it. We have something. Oh yeah, we're going to be inclusive. That shit's bullshit. There's no such thing as inclusion. It's not real. And it's not real until we address the top. And when I say we address the top, I'm going to give an example. I had the principal who is, you know, I guess who I'm working for in a school, who called me a nigger in front of the class. I had a coworker barricade me me in front of students and said, I'm not going anywhere because there's no way that I could be an adult of authority in that building. This is the shit we deal with. We're giving the people who are racist, who already have privilege, in power. That's what we're doing. And then people like myself who are dealing with this, we also have our other supervisors who we go to and they are like, you know what? Honestly, Christine, if you want to take on this issue, just know that people in those positions have a lot of power. And you wonder why nothing is being said and nothing is being brought to light. You don't hear about it unless it's sexual assault. And we got to deal with the inside before we can actually help these kids. Because inclusion is not real until you actually do something. And that's the part that's so frustrating for me. It's so frustrating because we are failing these kids. We're not identifying where we're going wrong as a system because love and compassion cannot happen within schools if we have people who are afraid to deal with quote-unquote behavioral kids. And I say quote-unquote because that's a label. I find in the school system there's white kids and Asian kids who go through psychological assessments and they get diagnosed with autism. But if it's a Black child, they get diagnosed with conduct disorder, ADHD, or ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder. And they display the same behaviors as the white kid, but the white kid has autism services. And I'll let you know, with autism services, there's more funding. You get more support that way. But behavior, just thrown, you're just thrown into a class. And, you know, another... Another quote that I'm going to tie this into is from Nifty Hustle is, on a mission, your worst enemy is idle time. And I'm going to repeat that. On a mission, your worst enemy is idle time. And I say that because I find that the Black youth and the Indigenous youth are kind of swept under the rug. They're not really being supported, especially if they're, or if, especially if they're displaying behaviors within the classroom the teacher lets them roam the halls and then the hall monitor will talk to them or whatever it may be. They don't care that they're missing from their class, but then they're the first ones to call your parents. The first ones to slip your report card across the table and be like, Oh look, because you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Like this, this is the consequence. That's not how it works. That's traditional way of thinking. We need to provide Universal support and and implement love and compassion. You can't expect these youth nowadays because the, they're big on respect and their their model is way different than ours. So is you got to give respect in order to receive it? Nah, they're not on that. You need to you need to give them the respect now. They don't got to earn it, especially when they have daddy issues mommy issues all of that and if we turn a blind eye to them we're the first ones like oh look at that black dude he has six babe moms and nine different children we could look at that black woman oh you know, she has six kids and no man to support her look at that and the white privilege and the other races with privilege are the first ones to point fingers as a black woman I, you know, I classify myself as a very intelligent intelligent woman. And I will be the first to say that the society is more afraid of an intelligent Black man than an intelligent Black woman. Because I'm a woman, they, they see women as softer and whatever, but they see men as masculine, aggressive, or whatever. And a Black man with intelligence, they're killing them. They're killing them. They're taking away their youth. Why do you think there's so much killings and all that? They want our black community and indigenous community to continue killing off each other. They want us to do their job for them. Look what's going on with with that young boy, um, Defonte Miller, I apologize if I said his name wrong. Look, the police officers took that child's youth away. His life is never going to be the same. And even if they're found guilty, guess what's going to happen? They're going to apply for appeal. They're probably going to get a lesser sentence or a lesser consequence. That's what white privilege is. Look at, oh, I can't remember her name. It's on the tip of my tongue. She, Casey Anthony, there we go. Look, she killed her daughter. She got off of that. And she's out there roaming the streets, free as ever. But if it was a Black woman, she'd be in jail for a very long time, probably even life. Look at Sintonia Brown. I really hope I said her name right. She was incarcerated for years for killing the person, her pimp. That's self-defense. And look what the justice system has done. It's not des- it's not designed for black people. It's not designed for indigenous people. It is a design for black people. sorry, it's designed for white people. So we need to stop shedding such a positive light on education when education is the foundation of it all. We need to start shedding light at the issues within our education system so that we can actually deal with it. Because I've met a lot of wonderful people along my course, my path in schools who actually want to make a change, but guess what? They can't because of the people above. We need to start there. That's where the real empowerment comes from. These children are suffering. They are in jail, in school. They operate on a system. All right, period one is this time. Period two is this time. Period three is this time. Lunch is this time. Period four is this time. What if we switch that up? What if we made it flexible for these kids? Because some kids, I can't even sit down for a 75-minute class, but we expect these youth to do it. Where's the movement? Where's the life skills? Where's the social skills? Where's that component? Where's just the real talk? And then a lot of, I'll, t- I'll tell you straight up, a lot of child and youth workers are not liked because of the relationship they have with the, with the youth, especially ones who are there for a short period of time. Why? Because we've shown them love Compassion and understandness, understanding, and we give them the real raw. We don't spoon feed them. We tell them, we show them this is what it is. I deal with a lot of black youth. And I tell them straight up: yo, do not give them a reason to mark you. You're already black. You already have a strike against you. And especially if you're deemed as that typical youth who's, you know, dressed up in the Gucci belt, Fendi, Ferragamo, all of that. You're already labeled in their eyes. Don't give them an extra reason. If they're going to label you, be like, at least here you go. I'm getting my grades. I'm putting in that work. I'm on this basketball team. I'm on this team. And I think as us as educators, we only call the parents when something is wrong. And I think we got to get into that tie that we got to call them a lot more or email or text because some parents are at work. Just let them know, hey, your child's doing fine. Here was a positive interaction today. That shows compassion. That shows understanding. That shows growth. And we do not look at that. And that's the thing that's so upsetting to me. Because there's no difference between youth system, youth justice system, and schools. It's the same thing. They operate the same way. We need to change that. Youth should not be getting help when they are already in jail. They should be getting help in the school system. And I mean real support. And stop being fed this inclusion bullshit that's really not there. If you want inclusion, the first thing you got to do is talk to the youth. That's the first thing you got to do is talk to the youth and have a real understanding. That's why I love when equity advisors come into the school and they talk to the marginalized youth. They sit down and they they tell you what the, like they ask you straight up, yo, what are the problems within the school? We need more of that. A lot of these times, these youth are not lying when they say, yo, my teacher doesn't care. They're not lying. You need to listen to them. And then you wonder why they're displaying behaviors. They're being treated like a prisoner in somewhere that's promoted to be free. You understand what I'm saying? The youth are being treated like prisoners within a setting that's promoted to be free. And you really got to take that in. Because I've come across a lot of parents recently who are like, yo, I'm scared for this generation. I'm scared for my kids. I'll tell you right now, I'm terrified for my youth. Terrified for them when they're older. Because I don't know what this world is going to look like. We got to change the school system and add love and compassion to all the policies and procedures. Love and compassion. I think this should be the first first few words, love and compassion, before anything else. Understanding before anything else. When a child is late, instead of yelling at them, ask them if they ate, did you sleep well? It's all about approach. Instead of, yo, well, you didn't get your homework done. Well, guess what? I'm not helping you with this. We're moving on to the next section. Ask, did you not understand? Was there something going on that you didn't have the time? And that is through love and compassion. In order to change the way you feel, you need to change the way you think. So I think we need a lot more, what's the word? Conventions, teachings, practicings for educators around love and compassion and what that looks like. Because I can't teach you love and I definitely can't teach you compassion. But I can help teach the way you think. As long as you're being open-minded, I can help you alter the way you think. Everybody changes the way you, the way that they think. I used to think the streets was more loyalty lo- loyal to me than my family. Which to this day, I could probably still argue a couple points that the streets were. But it was because I made the connection through love and compassion with the right adults within my life who changed the way I thought. I said, you know what? It's my life. I got to take control. So now it's time to be better. I stopped giving these people a reason to throw labels at. And that was done through the two words, love and compassion. And it's unfortunate that I had to reach the justice system in order to get it. And the people within the youth justice system are the people who I hold highest esteem to today and still have contact with. I don't keep in contact with not a soul that I've ever come across in education. It's the people who I came across within the youth justice system who I keep in contact today and who are my biggest supporters and my biggest cheerleaders. And for me to say that, that's very saddening to my heart. That means that we got to change because that was years ago and education just seems to be getting worse. We got to put love and compassion to what we do. And I'm going to reiterate the quote that I said at the beginning about Nipsey Hussle, instead of trying to build a brick wall, lay a brick every day eventually you'll look up and you'll have a brick wall. I want you to really think about that. I would love your feedback about this because it's such a passionate topic to not just myself, to the youth out there and to other educators out there. My number is 437-488-4871 or feel free to DM me on Impact Over Intention, my Facebook, Broken Silence. Or silence is not meaningless. I want to hear from the youth out there. Love to hear from the adults. But I especially want to hear from the youth out there. Because it's about time that we realize that a connection is stronger than a response. A connection is definitely stronger than a response. We got to think about that. I would love to hear your thoughts. Hope you all have a blessed day again. When you're traveling home today, please be safe. Please be safe. Again, all my episodes will be loaded Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. If anybody has any questions or just comments from today's episode, I'll address that on Wednesdays, during Wednesday's episode, and we'll talk about it, and we'll go live. 'Cause I would love to hear how you feel. Any comments you wanna make, any suggestions that you have towards the education education system. I would love to hear it. It's all about growth. We gotta stop being comfortable and we gotta grow. It's Christine Lewis, Broken Silence, Real Talk. Take care.